Welcome to KW Conversations, where we discuss the workforce and education issues that matter in the Louisville region. This show is brought to you by Kentuckiana Works, the region's Workforce Development Board. Thank you for joining us for another episode of KW Conversations. My name is Angela Wilson, Program Director with Kentuckiana Works. Today, we're going to focus on healthcare. So our guest today is Dr. Taisha Richards, and she is a pediatric physician assistant here in the Louisville, Kentucky area. And we are so lucky to have an opportunity to talk with her and learn about her journey to where um, she is today in her career. So um, welcome. I'm going to call you Dr. Ty. Welcome, Dr. Ty. <laughs> Hello. Thank you for having me. Awesome. All right, so let's just jump right in and get started. Um, at the beginning, the, the start of your educational journey started at an HBCU, right? So as an HBCU grad myself, <laughs> and I love the green that you're wearing, Dr. Kai. <laughs> first, <laughs> the first question I want to ask you is, um, why did you choose to attend an HBCU? So um, I went to Kentucky State University. Woohoo! Um, no graduated, yeah. graduated in 2000 from Kentucky State University. And um, at the time, to be completely honest, I did not know the importance to attend an HBCU, to be completely honest. Um, Kentucky State offered at the time, you know, it's more of a, okay, who's gonna offer the most money? Well, how much scholarships can I get? It's all about money when you're choosing what school to really attend. And, you know, Kentucky State University offered the most money. It was like, oh, well, I'm going here, I'm on a full presidential scholarship, books are included. What else can you ask for? Well, the only thing, I, I need to make sure I'm on the dance team. If I'm going to Kentucky State, I have to be on the dance team. And so, you know, to be honest, that was my major focus at the time. Like, oh, if I'm going here, I have to be on the dance team. But nevertheless, at you know, as a high school graduate and as an upcoming high school graduate, you know, your biggest focus is, okay, where can I go? that won't cost an arm and a leg, especially if you're coming from a household where there's not enough money mm -hmm. to, to survive just on a base level. We're not even talking about going to college. We're talking about, you know, food, drinks, you know, clothes on your back and all of this other stuff. And, you know, to be honest in the African-American community, a lot of times we don't set aside money for college. So mm -hmm. to have like a college fund sitting somewhere, most of us don't have it. And so, you know, even when I talk to my adolescents now, I'm like, you know, hey, you know, you need to be looking into scholarships. You need to start looking for money because there's money out there, but you have to go get it. You have to do the applications. You have to sell yourself. And Kentucky State University offered me the most money, books included. And I literally changed my whole plan to attend Kentucky State. You know, but that is one of my life changes that I tell people all the time. If I had to do it all over again, I would have done it the exact same way. Wow. Hands down, I would have attended an HBCU. Now that I'm older and I know the importance of attending an HBCU, I definitely tell all of my adolescent patients, I'm like, hey, listen, undergrads, you need to go to an HBCU because you need that foundation. You need that platform because you have to know who you are when you yes. are catching out. 
into this other life. There's another life outside of what you see right now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of us, like with me, I attended in like a quote unquote HBCU Central. I went to Central High School here in Louisville. So I went to an HBCU high school, basically. And so as far as the foundation, it was like I was pretty sturdy. But even, and I guess that's why it wasn't so important. It was like, oh, well, I want to go to Purdue. I'm going to go doctor. I'm going to go to Purdue. But all in the same breath, like I said, it's who's going to offer the most money. And to be honest, a lot of HBCUs don't have a lot of money. They really don't. But there's scholarships available. There's external scholarships that are available. You got sororities for all of these different groups and organizations that offer bits and pieces of money that you can put together to be able to afford to go to an HBCU. And even now you have all of these different loopholes that are coming into play. So like with TSU, where now they're offering in-state tuition to Kentucky residents. Like wow. that's not like, okay, you can go to school like you're here in Kentucky, but go to TSU. And so like I said, you know, with my adolescent patients, I'm like, it's so important to get that foundation because when you go to, you know, your prestigiously, you know, white colleges, it's it's a whole different ball game. You're going to be the only one in the classroom and you're going to have to know how to be yourself in that atmosphere and know exactly who you are and not get lost in the fold. Because a lot of times if we don't have someone to go run to, like at UK, when I went to UK for grad school, no exaggeration, I'm like the only one in my PA program, the only one. So I'm just like, oh my God, what did I get myself into? <laughs> like, what is going on? Oh my goodness. Like, there's really no one else coming that looks like me. Mm-hmm. And so what I would find myself doing, I would find myself going to, you know, the minority affairs office for undergrad students. And here I am a grad student, but I'm over there hanging out just so that I can touch base and and get realization like, okay, this is real life. Like, hey, but I had to literally touch base at least once or twice a week. Mm-hmm. And that's an off-campus student where I'm having to go to the minority affairs office and say, hey, whew, okay, let me go back to this where I'm the only. So, I think an HBCU is a wonderful, wonderful, and it's a, ne- it's a necessity, to be honest. And, you know, like I said, it, you know, you have to educate the parents on the importance. Because, like I said, my parents, they like, you better go wherever the money's at. Right. <laughs> I don't know where you're going. But, hey, we ain't got no money for no college now. Uh, college, now, we know you want to be a doctor and stuff. We're going to do what we got to do, but we got to put the house up. How's that work? <laughs> and so, you know, the, the key to life is making it as easy as possible. And so I didn't want the stress of my parents having to really worry about sending me to school and all of that other stuff. But all in the same breath, I literally gained friends, gained an education, mm. gained stability from an HBCU. Yes. My little sister got an HBCU. She's at Alabama a and i I'm like, no, you're going to an HBCU. No, undergrad. Let's go. Come on. That, that's the same thinking I have. I love um, HBCUs for undergrads, mm-hmm. right? Um, although they offer all the way up to a PhD in mm-hmm. programming. But um, I think setting that foundation early, right? Yeah, that cultural yeah. appreciation, that support, that love, it prepares you for when it you does. go out in the real world. It does. It really yes. does. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. Plus a bomb, a bomb band, right? Let me- <laughs> Yes, yes. And the dance team and the dance team, right? Yeah. It's just a different (laughs) life. It really is a different life. 
And I tell them all the time, I'm like, when you step on campus, it's just a different feeling that you, you actually have. It's just like, wow, this is real. Like the stuff y'all see on TV is real. Mm-hmm. This is really a different world. It's just different. And, and you can't appreciate it until you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just different. It's great though. I would not trade it for the world. Um, so, so you mentioned talking to your parents about being a doctor, knowing that there are not a lot of African-Americans in your field. Um, uh, why did you, how did you decide, like, you know what, this is something that I'm going to do. This is something that I see and something I want to become. And so at an early age, I, I was never one of those type of kids that one day you want to be a police officer. Next day you want to be a dentist. Next day you want to be a doctor. Next day you want to, you know, from a very young age, I was like, I'm going to be a doctor. That's it. I want to be a doctor. And I'm going to work with babies and pregnant moms. So I wanted to go into OBGYN. That was my ultimate goal. It was like, oh, I want to be an OBGYN. And, you know, having men in place, like I was in Black Achievers, I was in Upward Bound, I was in, you know, all of these different clubs, beta club, honor society. You know, you you get into all of these different clubs to help you for college. And that's what I tell my adolescent patients all the time. Now, I'm like, you know, you all don't think it's cool to be in all of this stuff. Right now, it's not cool. Right. But these are different things that will help you get to where you're going. This is nothing. This you know, this middle school phase, this high school phase, this is nothing compared to what you're looking forward to, like your life, your plan, you know, and I tell them all the time, you know, just to have a job, what you want is a career. Yes. There's a difference between a job and a career. So, you know, I don't care how many pieces of paper you get, you know, at the end of the day, no one can take them away. Right. And basically what you tell an employer is that you're teachable. Yes. You can learn what I need to teach you. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and that's another thing. It's like, don't go to school just to get a degree. Make mm-hmm. sure it's something that you want to do because you put all of this time, money, energy, blood, sweat, tears, and everything in <laughs> into this, this degree, this piece of paper. And then you come out and you're like, I really don't even want to do that. I just, you know, you'll see a lot of people that say, I want to be a doctor and cannot stand the sight of blood. <laughs> you well, it looks good on look. TV. It looks good on TV. It's good on TV until it's like squirting in the face in the ER. You're like, I think I changed my mind. I don't. I don't think I really want to do this. I think, um, but you have all of these years of schooling and money piled up, and then you go work somewhere because you have a degree because you're teachable. And so in turn, you know, being a doctor was something I always wanted to do. Yes, life had a lot of different twists and turns Mm -hmm. to the point where I didn't become an MD. But that was life's twists and turns. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times you have to appreciate the twists and turns in your Mm -hmm. life. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, you you look at one thing and you say, that was a door shut in my face. I just, you know, why didn't I apply to medical school from Kentucky State? And then when you look over your life and you say, but what, why, why didn't I do that? Mm-hmm. You wasn't meant to. Mm. Because at the end of the day, your story's already written. Right. You just have to follow your plan. Right. And at the end of the day, you know, even going to get a doctoral degree, I went to get a doctoral 
doctoral degree because I thought I had gone as far as I could in the field of physician assistant studies. Mm -hmm. And once they came up with this doctoral program, I'm like, sure, why not? Sure. Another I'll door opened. You know, go for <laughs> it. You know, hey, at some point you're going to become a doctor. So I created it just you know, for you. Just for you. Yes. And that's the catch. You cannot look at other people and say, well, dang, I should have. Ah. Or even get down on yourself. You know, at the end of the day, when I go to work every day, I love my job. When I so say speaking I mean, of that, so speaking of that, what is your <laughs> scope of practice? Because we already know, listening to the conversation, being a mentor, right, <laughs> to <Yeah>. your patients <laughs> is part of your work. <laughs> That's part of it. That's part of it. You know, the catch with life, life, life is so funny, I tell you, because you... You know, and so I work in peds. I've been in peds now 13 years and I've mm -hmm. been doing basically the same thing since I left school. Um, and where I did my pediatric rotation is where I ended up. Mm -hmm. And so I tell a lot of my students that come from PA school, you know, being a preceptor, I tell them, you know, you want to do your best in every rotation. You want to mm -hmm. shine in every rotation. You never know. They may come back for you. They may, you know, inquire about you. Like, where's that one student? The one that was shining bright. <laughs> Showing up on time every day, asking a lot of you questions. Know, professional, yes. professional and engaged. Yes. Engagement is a yes. lot when it yes. comes to medicine. It's like somebody that seems somebody that's interested. Somebody that if you don't know, you're going to look up the answer. You're going to look up why, when, how, and what can I do to change it? So that's the catch. You know, with doing peds, I never in my life saw myself doing peds. Never. Peas was my first rotation. I was like, oh, I'm so glad it's my first rotation. So I can get over <laughs> it. Oh my God, you got to deal with the parents. You got to deal with screaming kids. Huh? Who wants to live like this? Like, who does peas? And the preceptor I had at the time, she was like, we're going to convert you. I said, yeah, okay, that chance. I'm not converting <laughs> to anything. And Dr. Lambert was my preceptor. And she said, we'll convert you. You'll see. By the time I finished all those whole year rotations in adults, I was like, oh, my God, they're terrible. They are non-compliant for no reason at all. They're just, oh, what am I going to do? Oh, my God, I cannot do adults. I'm going back to Pete. <laughs> Let me go back to Pete. <laughs> Let me go back to, you know, the ones that actually give their kids medicine because they want their kids back. So that's the logic behind peas. It's like they'll give them the medicine until they're better. Now they, you know, maintenance meds, allergy meds, they don't do too well. Right. You know, the allergies are not really acting up, so I didn't give it. It's like <laughs> it's a maintenance med. You have to give it every day for it to work. Well, I gave it yesterday. The nose is still running. Still <laughs> run. It don't work for five to seven days. So try to explain that. And, you know, one thing that I've learned in PEDS is that once you gain the trust of the parent, every door you need to open up will open. And if you're a good listener, that's the catch. People will tell you exactly what's wrong with their child because they're with that child majority if of the day. I'm with them. Yeah, if you, you have to be a very good listener in the mm -hmm. medical field. Mm -hmm. In any aspect of medicine. So whether you end up in, you know, as a PA, a nurse practitioner, an MD, a pharmacist, a lab tech, I don't care what you do, phlebotomy, you have to be a very good listener because they'll tell you exactly what's wrong, you know. And so, you know, with peds, love it. Wouldn't change a thing. Um, I love that. That's that's a common theme of how you've um, ended every answer. You wouldn't change a thing. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so you mentioned a phlebotomy and a bunch of other um, different roles within the medical field. It was interesting to hear that you worked as a CNA. <laughs> um, and so maybe there's someone that's listening that works as a CNA and thinking, you know what? Um, um, I'm listening to Dr. Ty and all her achievements. Is that is that a possibility? How does being a CNA play into where you are today? Okay, so one thing that I tell people all the time, so you can have all of these different pieces of paper and you have no job experience. You're not gonna be top on their list to pick for a job. And the reason for that, yeah, you're teachable, but how do you really react in certain situations? Mm -hmm. Do you know how to care for a patient? Mm -hmm. Do you really know that this is really what you want to do? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when I was at Kentucky State, even though I was working on my undergrad in biology with a minor in chemistry, I knew my ultimate goal was to care for patients. And so I worked at Frankfurt Regional Hospital as a CNA. <laughs> it was an on-job training. I did not have to go <laughs> get a certificate or anything back in those days. And so I worked as a CNA so that I could get my feet wet. That way mm -hmm. I could get a little experience underneath my belt. So, you know, that basically taught me a lot, to be honest. That taught mm -hmm. me, okay, I don't want to be a nurse. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be a CNA for the rest of my life because this is the hardest job I've ever did in my life. Mm -hmm. I know for a fact this is not for me. But I also learned how to deal with death as far as patients dying on you. Like if I hadn't gone through that, I think I probably would have turned around a couple of times in medicine where it was like, uh, if somebody died, I have to go tell the, I, I, I got to go, what? Who got to go talk to him? Who got to go talk? Who got to touch the patient? I got to touch him? Oh, no, 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 no. I think I want to be a pharmacist. Can I be a pharmacist? Is it too late? So in turn, you know, when you start building your resume and building your own personal resume inside of you, you know, me working as a CNA, then I ended up working as a, um, as a pharmacy tech. So I did pharmacy tech for a long time and mm. it was easy work. It's easy. You're counting pills, you're waiting for the pharmacist to check it. But all along, what I did not know was that when I got in pharmacology and PA school that I would whiz through because I already knew all the medications from being a pharmacy mm. tech for so many years. Mm. It's all my, my, my peers, they're struggling. They're like, how do you get this so fast? I'm like, I've been doing it now for four years, off and Real on. Real practical experience. It's off helping guiding your educational journey, your, your hey, book. The whole time. Mm. Working as a cytology prep tech. You know, I'm testing pap smears. I'm talking to pathologists. They're reading the pap smears that I've, you know, put on slide and I've done all of this and they're teaching me like this is what I'm looking for this is what I see on the slide so that when I get into you know patho or micro or any and I'm looking like oh that's such and such I remember the budding of the the sales they do and they're looking at me like how do you know that work experience mm -hmm. and this is stuff that you know you can do in the summer you can do on summer break spring break, any break you get, Christmas break, Thanksgiving mm -hmm. break, and, and we're talking, you know, two to three hours, you know, two to three days or a weekend here, a week there, uh, two months here, you know, so what happens, you're thinking, oh, I'm just working, you know, no, you're gaining experience, 
Mm-hmm. And you're realizing that, okay, no, this is really where I'm trying to go. I know for a fact, this is where I'm trying to go. Cause no, I don't want to be a pharmacist because no, that's boring. Oh my God. Just doing the same thing every day. Now that did teach me not to go to pharmacy because I thought about it. <laughs> and it was like, mm, you know, it's too easy. It's too easy. Like all I'm doing is counting bills. There's nothing adventurous, nothing exciting, nothing new, nothing cutting edge, nothing that I can figure out. Like, give me something I can figure. So it teaches you the experience. So you get like the best of both worlds. You get the experience, but then mm-hmm. you get the knowledge to know, okay, no, I need to go further. Mm-hmm. Did I like school? I was time, you like school. And I'm like, no, I hate school. Hated it. Did not I like school at all. But you have to do what you have to do to be who you want to be. Yes. In the end, you know, and I'm always one of those type of kids. I know it sounds crazy, but I tell a lot of my my students, I'm like, you know, you have to, life is hard. Hands down, life is hard. It's hard for all of these. I have a middle schooler now and I look at her and I'm like, why is life so hard? You don't have a bill. You don't have a camera. (laughs) Like, why is it so hard? What is going on? You know, but you you learn how there's different stages of life there's different stressors in these different stages and then you realize okay we got different stressors so let's learn these different stressors and you know a lot of it is that they have no roadmap to life the roadmap to life for me was creating short and long-term goals. So my short-term mm-hmm. goals were a year. I would revamp them every year on my birthday. I would go through my list, cross off what I accomplished. Mm-hmm. I would do long-term goals. It was five years. Mm-hmm. I would revamp every five years. On the fifth year on my birthday, I would revamp that one. And, you know, for years, I could not understand, like, why do you get so around your birthday? Why do you get so down? And it wasn't until I was grown and was like, you know what? It's probably this darn list that I keep on going back to. And if I don't accomplish something on on this list, I am like literally down in myself. But it's more, it taught me Mm self-accountability. In other words, no, you didn't get the AB honor roll because you didn't study. Mm -hmm. It wasn't because of mama and daddy. It wasn't because of your friend. It was because of you. Mm And so in turn, when I had this roadmap, I would be able to reflect, literally sit and say, okay, now why didn't you, why didn't you finish the applications? Or why didn't you get that scholarship? Or why didn't you make the dean's list? Or why didn't, you know, little stuff, it can be anything. It does not have to just be pertaining to school. You know, I mean, like running from this KSU, that was on there, you know. (laughs) That wasn't on there. I'm like, hey, I'm going to. And so I had to stuff reflect, like, why didn't you get it? You know, it was like, uh, I'm the first runner up. And so in turn, being overly, when you critique yourself to to an astronomical, ridiculous amount, you do, you hold yourself accountable, but you cannot get down on yourself. You just transfer it to the next year. If you can transfer it to the next year, transfer Yes. Do not get down on yourself. Just right. transfer. It's okay. You if you wake up another day, you got another day to try to accomplish it. Absolutely. Move it to the next year. <laughs> I 
want to um, go back a little bit because you mentioned it a couple of times was about the scholarships and you talked about accountability, right? So mm-hmm. I feel like um, you had such a unique journey, mm-hmm. right? Um, <laughs> and that you know your way around scholarships. So maybe if you can talk through a little bit about that, because it is about being on, um, on, you know, submitting the information, being on schedule, mm-hmm. looking at deadlines, being accountable, but that there is a big prize at the end of all that work. You want to talk a little bit about um, what some of your um, scholarship journey was? I know you talked about it for undergrad, but starting with mm-hmm. UK. Okay, so for grad school, what African-American students need to understand, or minors, period, what they need to understand is that colleges need you. Mm-hmm. They need you. And if you've done your part by getting the proper grades, keeping your GPA over a certain amount, they will pay for you to come to their university. Yeah, people, and so, I hope you hear that. Say that again. Say that again for the people in the back. <laughs> they will pay for you to come to their university. They will. Education is free. I tell people, all the time, I tell adolescents, I'm like, education can be free. It really can. The catch is you have to do your part. If you do your part, and once you do your part with your GPA, you do have additional steps, meaning you have to research. If you put in scholarships, you know, college scholarships for undergrads, literally, it's like a search of millions. Mm -hmm. Yes, you can revamp the same essay, for every college, just change the name. You don't have to write an essay for all 10 scholarships. Just revamp to your university, to Kentucky State University, to University of Kentucky, to you just revamp. You find smarter ways to get where you need to get to. And at the end of the day, you know, like with UK, so I, I received two masters from UK. I have my uh, master's in public health with a special in epidemiology and health behavior. I dual majored just because epidemiology was, it was fun. It was interesting, but I needed the health behavior part for medicine to care for patients. Okay. That was the, was the actual degree that brought me back to Kentucky. It was more, okay, you can go to school free. You know, you have the GPA. Come on. I said, and what happened? And so who sits on the board for the master's in public health degree? Somebody sits on the board for the medical school and the VA school. Yeah. And you just come on back and we'll get you wherever you want to go. You let us know where you want to go. You know where you want to go once you finish this MPH program. That's free. Yes. Oh, okay. Back up. Let's go. back right on up let's go back home so that's how I ended up back that's how I ended up back in Lexington and I was actually offered the Lyman T. Johnson it's a scholarship at UK it is um, tuition and a stipend so they pay you to go to their college you get money free money that same scholarship I used for my master's in public and physician studies Use the exact same one because I kept my GPA up for my MPH to be able to set myself, be able to get that one for my, my physician assistant studies degree. And so when you really think about it, I've only paid for one degree. I did pay for my doctorate. I did. And it hurt my feelings. Bad. 
It's like, I'm not used to this. What's this? You know, it was kind of like, who? You want me to pay for what? Like a degree? And it was more, you know, the catch with that, if it wasn't so short notice, so I applied like one week, was in by the following week. If it wasn't so short notice, I probably could have researched. But you have to think about it. The further you go up, in this chain of education, mm-hmm. the less money they're going to give you just because right. they're like, hey, you already have a master's or right. you don't make enough money to afford it. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to help the ones that are just so you definitely got to get all the money that you can get when you first starting. Get all the money. And one thing that I wish, I wish all of my mentors, at least one would have told me, do not live like you're already making money when you're in college. Be mm-hmm. a college student. You know how you tell a child, be a child while you're a child. Just be it's a okay child. to be broke in college. It's okay. Be broke in college. Okay. So don't Let's normalize that. Just, yes. Do <laughs> not feel like, oh, I got to live like I'm making money, honey. I'm not ramen noodles too. Mm-mm, I'm going to state. Old Charlie's every day. Do not take out student loans. Do not take out student loans because you want to live at a certain level or you want to live at the level you you were living once before. You take out student loans if you have to take out student loans. So I tell people all the time, you do not let money that's available, whether it be loan, scholarship, or whatever, don't let loans stop you from pursuing your 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 dreams do not let that stop you because you'll see that a lot where people will be like I really want to go to college but I mean they offer me student loans to pay for it but I don't want to take out no student loans so I'm just gonna go work at GE what no that's not that's not how you play this game you take the student loans out you get your GPA up so the next year you can apply for some scholarships that are right there in your face, considering that you didn't look for none this time. That's a good, that's a good, I, I never thought about once, once people think about got, um, taking out student loans, it's like, well, once I've done it, it's the entire track. And what you just said was interesting. Take out what you need for an immediate need and then get yourself to a, um, to a measure with GPA where you can start applying for scholarships because it's yeah. not the end all be all. I don't mm-hmm. think people look at it like that. And that's, that's uh-huh. a, that's a good idea. And then you think about it, you're trying to go to get a career. Yes. If you go get a career, you'll be able to pay it back. It's not the end of the world. You know, people, yeah. they, they look at student loans like, oh my God, it's the end of the world. Oh my God. I have $10,000 worth of student loans. It's like 10, bad if you know how to how to take them out, research the lender, um, understand the interest rate. Interest rate. There we go. All of that. Interest rates is a biggie. Mm -hmm. biggie. You know, but don't let it stop you from pursuing your dreams. Is what I tell people all the time. Don't let it stop you. Or they can come to where I work, Kentuckyana Works, and, you know, we can help you with with some scholarships. A lot, but see, that's where a lot of these programs that are not cool, mm-hmm. Black Achievers, mm-hmm. Upper Bound, you know, yeah. all of these different, they have programs in place. You just have to take, you know, you, you really do. You have to take advantage. They're there. Yeah. You just have to take advantage. You have to apply. 
to get in them. Yes, you do. You have to go to meetings. Yes, you do. You have to take them to the meetings, parents. Yes, you do. We need more adults that are informed and educated so that's, they can the next. That's part of the problem. Yes. That's part of the problem. A lot of these kids don't have it in their household. So if yes. you don't have an outside or external mentor that's preaching, hey, 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 college, 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 or if they're able to see. So that's one one thing that I can say, being at an African-American-owned um, pediatric office, you know, yeah. I'll have a lot of people that transfer in and they're like, you know, I really wanted to find an African-American doctor because I want child to be able to see people that look like them mm -hmm. so that they'll know you can do this. You can be whatever you want to be. If you want to be a doctor, cool. Look, your doctor's black. You can do Representation it. matters. Across the board. Yes. Across the board. And so if I can find any opportunity, any opportunity, and when I say any, <laughs> I'm into it to my patients' parents. Okay. <laughs> I mean, literally, like, you know, I have parents that that are CNAs, MAs. My MAs from my even at, at, at the office, right? Medical assistants or certified nursing assistants. You know, I tell them all the time. I'm like, now, how long are you going to stay and mm -hmm. do this? When are you going back to school? Mm -hmm. So this is a stepping stone. Certain jobs are stepping stones, mm -hmm. and they're made to be stepping stepping stones and not. Not for careers. They're making because they'll wear you out. They'll tire you out and they'll make you hate your job mm -hmm. real quick. And so in turn, it's like, what's your next step? And these are like my parents from people that come through the office, workers. You know, it's like, well, what do you want to do in life? Mm -hmm. Any opportunity, any opportunity to preach, mentor. And it's not even a preaching type of thing. It's more just speaking into existence, letting them know that somebody else is recognized and somebody else is paying attention. Mm, and somebody yeah. else is telling you, you can, you can do whatever you want to do. Anything. Dr. Ty, what do I you can sit here and talk do? to you all day long. <laughs> <laughs> and I can talk all day long too. <laughs> this is um, love, you know. Um, I, I could sit here because you, you just dropped so many gems. Um, I just love how you share your experience and it's really all about, um, just like you said, letting people know that you see them, right. And just mm -hmm. pouring mm -hmm. into them. That's it. Because you don't know, you know, a lot of times people don't, don't get external pouring mm -hmm. and they don't have the internal pouring, mm -hmm. meaning in the household, there's no such thing. It's like, what I can do, what I'll stop. I don't know how many parents. I mean, I have, you know, a, a few nurse, nurses, parents that were nurses. They've gone back to become nurse practitioners. And they're like, Ty, you know, you I'm like, I tell people all the time, you don't want to be me. I want you to be better than me. Mm -hmm. I want you to be better than me. Mm -hmm. I don't want you to be like me. I want you to be better than me. And That's literally, hard, I want you to be better than me. <laughs> Honey, I want I want you to be back, look at me and say, I wanted to be her when I 
and her wanted you to be better than her. Try that. Okay. I want you to be better. And literally like my heart gets so full of joy when I see a lot of them that have come up, they're opening up their own practices, they're doing their thing. And I'm just like, and they're like, Ty, no, it's because of you. It's because of you. <laughs> I told you, you could do it. You could do what you wanted to do, but you had to put your mind to it. Mm-hmm. You had to stop. You work hard. Mm-hmm. Just gotta want more. You have to want it. You have to want it. Mm -hmm. Once you get over wanting it and the fear of stepping out to get it, it's up from that point on. So, um, last question Where do people find more people like you? Right? So, um, someone's interested in, in learning more about you or, you know, some other colleagues. Where did, where do they find you? Like, um, where do you and other of your peers network? So as far as networking with other peers, other doctors, other PAs, yeah. nurse practitioners, as far as with myself, you know, you got different conferences, you, you end up starting events together. And because, um, the company that I work for, Dr. Gaines and Associates, she's been around a very long time. And so if I go to different events with her, she'll introduce me to other people. Mm-hmm. But one key that I'm learning in medicine, and the more and more and more this social media thing blows up, you know, one thing that I was just telling my husband the other day, I'm like, you know, social media can really hurt you if you're not on your A game. Mm-hmm. but it can really help you mm-hmm. if you're on your A game. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I say that, like, I don't know how many times I've seen where people are like looking for, you know, a black pediatrician, looking for, you know, a black hairdresser, looking for a black, 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 black. And you see all of these threads and it's like, wow. Like, and people are coming. Oh, they're so wonderful. They're great. They're the best. But what if they wasn't? Mm. how would you be presented so you know if and I and I don't know I have so many students that are looking for preceptors because so some of them have to find their own preceptors in these different programs mm-hmm. and they're like yeah, I, I talked to somebody that somebody to talk to somebody or better yet I looked you up on Facebook you're like huh you looked me up that's <laughs> kind of creepy and literally like you know it's word of mouth yeah people learn who you are by word of mouth I have thousands of friends on Facebook I don't know half of them (laughs) I really don't and what's so bad you see them in the store and you're like do I speak or do I not because I don't really know them but they might hey girl yeah (laughs) hey that outfit you had on was cute (laughs) you know it's just it's the social media has increased the word of mouth, mm-hmm. even with medicine. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just about the beauticians, the barbers, the mm-hmm. decorators, the cake people. It has literally moved into the sector of medicine mm-hmm. where, you know, I had two new patients yesterday and the mom was like, you know, I just want my babies to be able to see somebody that look like them. And, you know, I saw on Facebook where somebody tagged you and I'm like, I'm like, what if you're not on your A game? You're in trouble. Mm -hmm. So you can find, you know, and even with, 
you know, shadowing and different things in that nature because I teach. So I, I do some like classes at UK as well in their program for students that are thinking about going into PA school. You know, even with them, it's like, hey, I was in class with you. Can I come shadow? Yeah. So even with, you know, different speaking events or different places I go, are you taking any new students? Can I just come shadow? Like I literally probably have a rotation of eight students right now that are shadowing. And what that means, they're still in undergrad or, you know, they're finished with undergrad and they're thinking about PA school. They're just trying to get their feet wet, trying to make sure that PA is really for them. Mm -hmm. Which I tell students all the time. I'm like, my patient parents, I'm like, and patients, I'm like, you think you want to be a lawyer? Okay. Hey, it's time to reach out to a lawyer friend. Hey, it's time to reach out to Justin. It's time to start, you know, branching out. It's time to start using your, your resources that are there. We have so many resources in the African American. They're around you. You just have to. They are all around you. You have to tap in. No, they're not. They may not just come walk up on you and say, hey, I heard you want to be a lawyer. Or I heard you want to be a doctor. No, you're going to have to open your mouth. Mm -hmm. shadowing is another way to get your feet wet in these different areas and say hey you know I want to be a lawyer I want to be a doctor well you better start branching out and you better believe the African Americans that are around you in these positions they will welcomely welcome Mm -hmm. you completely in with open arms and say yes sure what day works best for you Mm -hmm. and let me check my schedule right I do. I want to. Because at the end of the day, being up here requires, it's not even a choice. It's a requirement that you reach back mm-hmm. and you grab 10 other people. Mm-hmm. Under 10, you're not doing your job. Because mm-hmm. when you get up here, it's time. Hey, and on your way up, you better keep reaching. You better keep reaching back. You yeah. keep reaching back the further you go up. You just keep reaching. It's, 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 it's like the fortitude, right? One hand's behind you. Literally, literally, <laughs> you just keep, <laughs> you literally just keep reaching back because at, and, and literally at every point, every stage of your life, it'll be somebody that really did need you to reach back. Yep. And it's somebody that you're accomplishing something that they didn't think that they could accomplish what you're accomplishing at that point. It could be getting A's and B's. Well, I didn't think I could get an A in that class. I mean, that class seems very hard. Oh, but you can. Come on. This is the study guide I'll use. This is the this is the disc that I use. This is the, you know, the website that I went on for extra studies. You know, it's just life is about when you get up so high. I mean, what? You you better reach back. Mm-hmm. You better reach back because they're coming up behind us. Reaching back, reaching back. That's a great way to end the conversation. (laughs) Dr. Ty, thank you so much. It was such a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you for having me. It was awesome. Yes. Thank you for watching another episode of KW Conversations. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in to KW Conversations. Visit KentuckianaWorks.org to find labor market data, resources for job seekers and employers, and much more.